Yo, yo. Good morning. <laughs> morning, bro. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? <laughs> Sounds like I'm a lot better than you. You just wake up or something? Uh, yeah, uh, an hour ago. Nathan Forster says hello. He won't be on for too long. He's got to go to the shops. Just wanted to say hi. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> Thanks, just brother. wanted to say hi. Oh, Aru. It's been a while. See you, cuz. Take Went to high school with this guy. Morning, 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 morning. Alright, alright. So, you ready? Yeah, morning, sure. It's been a while, bro. Long time, long time. Oh my gosh, this guy. Nathan says good morning. Can you can you see the comments, Nate? Yeah, I can see the comments. Morning, Nate. Oh, okay. cool. Cool. <laughs> Let me just flaunt my cup. Oh, here we go. <laughs> can you see my whole face? Or is it just only my, the bottom part of my face? I can only see your nose and your lips and your uh, okay. and your just... beard. Okay. You could just lift that. Lift it up a bit. <laughs> there we go. Is that better? Nope. Oh, there we go. She's going to have to Sorry. look down on me. That's all. <laughs> I could go to wide shot, but it's... Let's try that. Oh, oh look at that. Where is that? Where is that? Huh? Where is that? Where's oh, that? that's good. That's good. Okay. Let's do this. The... Currently, we're waiting to be unpacked office, studying. Oh, yeah? Still in the mm -hmm. same place? Oh, wait, no, you've moved oh, now. Wait. Cool. And uh, yeah. if you're listening, sorry about the background noise, We today's bin day around my house, so you might hear a few <laughs> things happening around there. Um, but, yeah, so we got together. Uh, well, we didn't get together. I saw this... Um, this post and we thought it'd be a good little discussion post um, but I'm going to read it all and then uh, we'll go from there to talk about a few of the things that kind of stand out um, because it, I don't know about you Nate but I don't know how much I am like yes you know I agree with everything this guy says it says <laughs> yes whenever I see blog a post blog article telling pastors how to lead what to change what they're doing um, that what they're doing isn't working, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I ask one question, what church have you built or what church are you currently leading slash building? If you're not one of those two, you're peddling unqualified opinions. Many church growth coaches haven't built great churches. I'm not taking marriage advice from someone who has never been married. I'm not taking church growth advice to, um, to someone who hasn't built a great church rant over. Let's take it for what it is. It is a rant. And um, I thought it would be just a good space to kind of take um, a few of these things that I mentioned in here and have a bit of a, you know, a chat about it because I think while, mm -hmm. you know, I don't necessarily want to read, taking down his thing. He's got some really interesting points that I'd like to 
um, to chat about with regards to generally how we think about advice and how we think about our opinions and how to share them, where to share them to. Um, mm. So what we have opinions about was one of the first things that is um, kind, of, kind of came up for me is that we, we do have a proliferation of blogs, articles, posts. Um, if you've got social media, you have the freedom to share your opinion um, and how that just like kind of shot through. I don't know how we used to have opinions kind of vetted or um, where we used to share our opinions. I'm, I'm not so sure with regards to before Facebook, my memory fails me a little bit there. Um, but I think there was a blog or two that, that would have been around. Um, I don't know if yeah. any of the lads in the comment section knew um, any of that. But do you remember how you used to share your opinion before this became a thing? Oh, yeah. Well, I think... Just trying to think how to phrase it, but I think... Um... Yeah, opinions weren't such a thing on the radar, if that makes sense. Like, for me, just from my personal experience, I think there was a kind of an inbuilt, uh, assumed paradigm where those who are older than you, you kind of took advice from, and not that you didn't question, but you kind of like, okay, there's lived experience there. You can kind of trust some of the things they say, and you'll discover it as you go with more conversation, more discussion. Mm -hmm. um, and more like openness to learning, I guess, without yeah. saying it overtly. And I guess not so much opinion, but for me, with my cultural background, for, uh, it's very much um, hierarchical, sort of, you know, the elders, you respect your elders, you kind of respect the people who are older than you, who have had more life experience, who can you can trust that they've kind of experienced some things and they can speak into your life. Um, they might not have had the degrees or have gone to school or whatever, but you know that you can trust some experiences that they've had. Um, and I think as a kid growing up in that culture, I guess your opinions were mostly to your cousins or your friends who were the same age as you. And it was more about like, hey, look, I saw this, like this happened on the week, like this happened with my uncle or this, like you kind of, you didn't really know, but you kind of, I was an echo chamber where you kind of bounced off experiences and ideas and then you were kind of corrected and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Sorry. I didn't know that sort of thing where you kind of learned as you go. I don't know. I don't know if you talked about it in the, in the last podcast, but it was the, the idea of um, like the original church, like you kind of were able to just call each other out in the moment at that time. I don't know if that was us or someone else, but like the whole idea of doing church and life together, you were able to be raw and in your face yeah. together. Like so that, that was kind of the experience growing up for me and the idea of opinions. Uh, and I think how it's changed and transformed, um, like Facebook started it mildly, but I think when it, for me, where I saw it start to creep up and even, yesterday to scrolling up through Instagram. Just so a, a, a thought just pricked my um, thinking was that there's this chick on Instagram who's 
a lawyer, I think, or something that does all these re- like fun reads, all these things of whatever, like goes through all, tries to get around the loopholes of certain things and like post stories. And I've got a lot of friends who follow her. It's kind of this thing where like you don't actually go to quote unquote someone in your local area who's a professional or something like you don't do the hard work, but you just rely on someone else yeah. who might or might not have the experience to take their opinion over someone else. Like, and there's wisdom in certain things like, yeah, like DIY, you know, like do it yourself sort of projects. You've got people who can show you how to do those things. But um, I guess for me, opinion wise, I guess it was more, it was kind of like, getting corrected by your friends. I didn't really question growing up those who lived more experience, even today to these days, like, like some stuff, some older guys or elders might say might be like a bit cringy, but I won't actually just react. I'll just take my time to think about it first. And actually there's that inbuilt, like, yeah, there might be an element of truth to it. Whereas recognizing with some people these days, it's like, no, my opinion's right. So it's like, There's a difference, um, not in opinions, but a difference in, I guess, respect, really. Uh, yeah. When it's peer-to-peer, it's almost like, nah, it's my truth. Uh, when it's when it's peer-to-elders, it's kind of slowly going. It hasn't, like, it, there's no kind of difference anymore. It's like you don't respect your elders anymore these days. There's no element, like, there's some definitely some crazies out there, older people, but like, there's no kind of stop first. Think they might have some sort of experience in this. It's almost like no, this is me, bro. I read it in a textbook. Yeah, spent four years yeah. at uni. Come on. Yeah, it's good four years. A lot of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. One of the other things that um, comes to mind is that it was a lot easier for people to from the conversations that I've had and seen um, Mm. it seems that it was a lot easier for people to accept change of their own opinions because of who they shared it with and like disagreeing Mm. with somebody wasn't so terrible Um, and Mm. generally didn't hold I don't know if it's one of these I'm um, um, online phenomenon and I've got an image to project. So I've got to make sure that I'm right or I stick to what I have said sort of thing. But people didn't use to latch onto an idea and just like hold it, hold onto it for dear life. Um, changing your mm. mind seemed to be, this is my perception. It seemed to be more, um, more easily accessible or just something that people did a lot more often, but I don't know, maybe it's stuff that media does to us where we, I don't know, we, we, when we do something or we post something online, then it's almost like the image of who we are is then fixated to whatever that encompasses and we're not allowed to change over time. I don't know. Um, I certainly, that's the name is dog. I certainly have, um seen personally for me um as well that that's been one of the phenomenons that has happened which is that the um yeah the holding onto opinions and there's generally like i what's weird as well is that 
um, it seems that we're likely to share our opinion online, a Twitter, an Instagram post, a Facebook post, than to go and talk to people in person or call somebody up. Um, and, and it's interesting because like to an extent, the world that's online, like, you know, if you, if you even you know, look up whatever you think on Google, it doesn't actually, it's not going to disagree with me necessarily, or you're not necessarily in my immediate vicinity to give me a different opinion. And so, uh, versus if I actually talk to you in person, um, you're likely to give me something of a different facet or nuance that is going to make me think differently. So I don't know if people want to be, to have their minds changed and things like that. Um, uh, yeah, my friend looking for huh? Um, my friend already just goes for a lot of people. Escape, low step. Um, yeah, maturity. <laughs> yeah, definitely agree. There. It's definitely a virtual escape. Um, go on, Nate. You were, you were going to say something? No, I think like you were saying. Um, I just think about like my time at uni with just doing research for assignments and stuff like i did a bit of history and stuff and just like like there's two ways of approaching research or there's two ways of approaching learning is that you look for information to back up your own thoughts or you look for the best kind (laughs) (laughs) you look for information to not only um back up your own thoughts but to give a bigger picture so you fill in all the gaps and kind of um basically give the reader because you can go two ways like you can give the reader their chance to actually have their opinion or you can all you can just narrow the gate and actually just basically say no this is actually how it is and i think we've kind of over time have gone from like being scared to allow people to have their opinion about things to like, if I don't narrow this enough, people won't agree with me or like <clears throat> they'll find out I'm a fake or something like that. Sorry. Back to that PC culture as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like just experiencing it, just watching it over time is like, like you keep saying about like, I can't remember what you were saying, but it's just like pre, like the Romans 12 idea of being transformed by the renewing of your mind, like constantly like this echo chamber. And I think, <laughs> here we go again. Shout out Dave Ryder. I remember Dave saying, what, um, Dave? what up Dave? Um, I remember Dave talking about how just, just cause he's such a like great observer of culture and just watching how things are going. And, it's just seeing how, like, a couple of years ago, how new information or new technologies, things that we learn, just the the span of time that gets, like, technologies gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah. And, like, I don't know who was talking about, like, how nowadays, like, the average person has, like, an attention span of, like, 11 seconds or something, like, ridiculous. When they're less today. Yeah. Even if you, if you don't have something going, if you don't have something else to stimulate, thing like constantly deflecting constantly and it's this idea of like i think 
in one way that has kind of informed this idea of like i've got to get my point across i've got to tell you how it is i can't give you room to get distracted by other people's opinions there's that mm-hmm. aspect of it but then there's also an aspect of it becomes so much more about you and less about the truth and actually it's more about in the sense of like that's good basically it's like this guy person that instagram thing like i'm not sure of his background i don't really know him that well i am but it's eye catching when you look at it first you know him do um it's like it gets your attention grabs you in and makes yeah. you think and if you're along the same line of thinking it's like all right great it's something else that's informing and it's reinforcing my belief my identity cuz my then it's like the idea of my ideas are my identity it's who i am versus the truth is the truth it doesn't care if you agree with it or not yeah um yeah like gravity like that idea from somewhere yeah yeah it's it's really <laughs> really um yeah and and it's really confronting i think because when you are about the truth you are about the truth um mm. and you kind of have to remove yourself from it so i think there's something to be said about holding our opinions really humbly um like i just want to also say like obviously every single person is allowed to their own opinion like you are entitled to have an opinion if you don't have an opinion um you know i don't know if you are living or whatever everybody has got one it's a default kind of for yeah you know it, another way i think about it is just the lens through which we see the world um so you're entitled to have opinions there's something to be said about having it and holding it humbly and um with an open hand and with and acknowledging how um sometimes when we are holding a certain opinion let's say it's something to do with uh, being married when you when you're single you know you hold an opinion about being married what you think is like whatever advice about being married or being a parent when you're not a parent yet um being a missionary when you've never done a missionary mission being a pastor when you've never pastored a church you know those those kind of things is that is to hold it all mm-hmm. openly um because yes there is a level of inexperience connected to it or a level of i don't know about it um and one of the things my one of my great passions and goals in life is to write a book and i'm kind of wrestling with this opinion from <laughs> tim keller at the moment which is to he actually didn't write a book until he was in his 50s um from what i can remember from an interview that i and i, I want to write a book one day so i'm still kind of sorting wow. sorting through That's that awesome. and going based on his experience he decided um to give this advice um from what he from 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 how he's been so like obviously there's a lot of context there's a lot of history there's a lot of this is how i've lived and this is the best way i think i can look at it um it was a light-hearted more throwaway comment but um you know there's a level mm. of greens that i have with it there's then there's another level of i wonder if that contextually works for me etc um so holding the opinions open um and 
one of the other things as well, I just wanted to be generous for people who write blogs, podcasts, vidcasts like we do, um, and also have a, you know, and just say like, I think that part of the heart of what's going on with this, with this stuff is that maybe, at least I know for me, is that if I can't reach you in person, um, the internet is a really great way for me to, to reach you. And hopefully, which is not usually the case, but hopefully a lot of this stuff has been thought through in a way where you can share your opinion, not be so tight about it, and then give the other person the space to reflect and then to come back and comment because um, otherwise it can just be like, this is my opinion and that you, know, you need to follow it. I get that. But for me, if I'm putting something like this on, um, online, I want to put it yeah. out there. But also um, the whole idea behind it is if I cannot reach you in person, um, at least hopefully I can gracefully communicate in a way where I will still reach your heart and you'll actually see the world through my eyes. Um, and hopefully we can have a discussion that continues or you can actually have a discussion with other people that you're connected to in a way um, that says, hey, here's a different opinion. I didn't actually see the world um, mm. this way. What, what's your thoughts on that and validating other people's opinions and well-intentioned points of view? Validating other people's opinion. I think first, and it's got a premise, like for myself, definitely, I have the tendency to be pretty stubborn and very much oh, like hold on to my, <laughs> hold, on to, hold on to my opinions. And so like when you were talking about that sort of stuff, it's like, it's very, it is, it is when you're in the moment, it is very hard to kind of let go of that and like no like i'm right you're wrong and almost be caught up in your identity being caught in those thinking rather than the truth um but i guess um going to what you were saying about validating other people's opinions um i think like I think you mentioned something about lenses and I think it's very important about um, context. Yeah. Like what's that quote? I can't remember. Like text. Take You're a, a masterful yeah. quota, aren't you? Just send me a quota. Someone was saying it. It was probably one of our policy meetings or something at work. Um, something about context. Like if you take, so if you take uh, a text, out of context, then it's just left with a con. I think something that Dave Ryder said at church. <laughs> what up, Dave? Um, what you up, Dave? Us. You are killing that. Uh, Come on. Yeah, so That's good. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, so, text out of, I'm going to write that down. Keep going. I'm listening. Yeah, so I think it's very much, you've got to, you've got to approach people such a christian thing to say and cliche but you know cliches is always truth in some cliches and so like you've got to approach people with a very open hand and yeah. very much an open mind 
Now, don't run away with that comment of open mind as in like being all crazy and whatever, but the idea of actually being teachable and learning, don't go in thinking that your opinion is going to think, be the thing that changes their lives. Uh, actually go in with the perspective that how can I help, which is very much countercultural, which is very much with the art of social media and hiding behind your keyboard on the screen. It's very hard. <laughs> it's very hard to, <laughs> to like speak to someone and actually listen. Like that whole idea of communication is 90% listening, 10% talking. Um, it's actually, I think, it, to help like lens of actually going in and not saying here's what you should do, but how can I help or how can I bring understanding to the situation? Because it's very easy. I know at times I've done it where it's just like, this is what I think, this is my opinion, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And sometimes they just want someone to actually listen. Sometimes what that person is posting about is actually more than just the, what you see on the screen. It's actually, there's a hurt behind it. There's a, there's something that's just happened. And story. Yeah. there's a story, there's like a thread of thing. Like yeah. it's a classic thing. We only see the highlight reel, right? We only see the condensed version of things that they try to bring. Yeah. But there's a whole movie behind that trailer there's a whole story behind that one blow over the back of the book yeah. um and i think walking in and having a mindset of actually um it's not about you <laughs> it's very counter the current narrative we live in where it's like no you're the main character bro like it's all about you like live your best life and then when you meet other people and it's like, nah, you're like third on the list on their story. <laughs> um, and it's like, if you walk in with the mindset that it's actually all about you all the time, you're always going to be offended by someone because you realize that actually the world is not about you. And I think, yeah, so going back to like opinions and other like validating, I think with wisdom, which comes yeah. with experience, having a community of people that you trust to have speak kind of truths that you know uh, actually helping you grow and helping you flourish, or just another way of just being more peaceful in your life. Um, yeah. I think having that first as your grounding as a person just mm -hmm. helps you set a good foundation to being able to support someone else or help someone else through that. Because at the end of the day, someone's opinion, I think from my experience and just observing of the years, it's like when people bring across their opinions, there's usually, it's usually a mask or a facade hiding some sort of thing that they're going through at the moment. Yeah. Like I heard somewhere uh, that you can really tell how someone sees the world by what they say. That's true. Like, yeah, you can really see, like, you know, that friend of yours that's always talking about how life is crap and this is wrong and that's wrong. So there's that victim mentality. Or you could look at someone who's super arrogant and always talking about how great they are and stuff. And there's an insecurity of not being enough. Yeah. Um, 
like there's a lot of things but thing is i think we react too much instead of taking the time to stop <laughs> and listen that's good um and i think that's the issue um is that i can go on social media now or whoever is like going on to your instagram right now and scrolling through and like oh yeah these guys have no chat move on to what reactor oh, this is boring it's not it's entertaining me for like 11 seconds um cool. and that's fine like <laughs> i'll do it just uh, sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry my brain just you remember the brain goat yeah my brain <laughs> keeps on going so don't let me keep going you you're uh, so good yeah no i think it's just it's just basically people's opinions uh I think we get so offended like uh like sometimes yeah you just got to be very careful about how you look at the world you got to be very careful about how you see that person because I'm sure you think you know that you know someone people who are watching is like there's that one person that comes to mind is like oh I'm don't even bother listening to what they say I don't even want to know what they're talking about Like there's always that one person that you feel that way against and then there's also another person where it's like yeah tell me man I'm like and we just let all the boundaries and our guard down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's yeah, you got to be two of these two of these instances um the whole not listening part um I think I saw um I don't know I don't know why I do this man I did this to myself but it's <laughs> It's one of those things I where um, I, you know, talking about being exposed to people who think completely differently from you. Um, I get this. So there's this weird thing, this weird phenomenon where um, people generally who don't want to listen to other people who they disagree with will want to make sure that those voices that they disagree with are... Um, quietened now mm-hmm. there there is space for a negative and badly influencing voice to be um to be you know turned down in your mind whatever that looks like to you but um yeah just this weird thing of you disagree with me therefore i'm going to cancel you from my life or you have an opinion that i don't agree with therefore i'm going to cancel you from my life etc i'm not going to hear so i had one of these instances um and this is the beauty of social media is like you can share your opinion so somebody shared their opinion um mm-hmm. and i i i know this innately that for me social media is a bit of a joke to be honest so i don't necessarily post anything serious um or mm-hmm. if i do it's like once every however many months somebody posts a story and i was just like I got my blood boiling and I was like afterwards while I reflecting I'm thinking why am I still you know watching posts from this person and I could just cancel them and just have a peaceful mind you know I just want to 2020 is my year you know like <laughs> um you know so there there was that that came along and then I thought oh you know what you actually probably should be curious a little bit more curious than that um and my first lesson for that was um it was in um my little boy was going through a bit of a rough time so he had to be in hospital and my mm-hmm. mom came in um to see him 
and we just had this like this weird difference of opinion and i saw myself getting mad at my mum what i didn't do was actually look a little bit beneath the surface and go you know what she's actually super worried i did afterwards um and we mended our differences by the way because a lot of these stories generally don't end with like you know you you accept that you are humble and you know mend <laughs> mend your differences but um yeah during that time I was like so mad mom yeah. this not in my head cuz i generally don't like conflict um mom this not what the heck is going on but what i didn't say was that she was just a grandma who was worried about her grandson um mm. and so yeah. that way the way that was communicated was actually uh not how she intended to communicate it but that was the underlying um issue really there was like she she had told me i didn't sleep at night and i was like and and that in piece of information we should have informed everything else that she actually said was just like pfft. and then came back and i was like oh yeah that's right she stayed up um mm. concerned and worried about her grandson and of course she's going to sound worried and things like that and not going to necessarily know how to communicate um yeah where she's at because she's obviously in a state of distress just like I was so mm. um you know now moving on to the last part um i want to talk about then obviously with holding your opinion so there is two specific lines that kind of around the same thing but I'm not taking marriage advice from somebody who's ever been married I'm not taking church growth advice from to someone who hasn't built a great church um mm. but just that idea there I'm seeing is that we um if you have not been through it your opinion is not is not valid um or there is also the other side of that of people who haven't been through it generally should hold um should generally hold their tongue what's your thoughts mm. on this um cuz i agree personally and i also don't agree with <laughs> uh, do you have an email where people can email their arguments and the cuz we're about to goodness gracious uh What's my excuse? What's my opinion? Oh goodness gracious! Um, yeah, what's your opinion? <laughs> um, I think definitely, like, sorry, context. So my lens that I'm looking at it from is that I'm a pastor's kid, and so I've grown up oh, yes. on the on the other side of the yes. of the story. of the sunday morning uh, yeah. or sunday night for those of you uh i've been the you know i've been the the son who's seen the different late early morning knocks on the bell on the door the arguments between parents um the discussions about you know making decisions based on what god wants versus like the financial stress it put on a family um and also like also my experience with the idea of just um trying to find your identity as a as a kid in that 
whole thing of like your parents are looking after a church and you're supposed to be uh, in the eyes of the congregation, you know, speak and span and have it all together. Captain America. <laughs> Please no um, <laughs> Yeah, stuff that, bro. Uh, yeah, so that's a kind of the lens and the context. So I think in the sense of like, don't ever, what's the saying? Um, not taking church advice from someone who's never built a healthy one. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. Built yeah. a good church. Um, I would say yes. Mm. I would agree and say, yeah, that's kind of true. But I also question that statement in the sense of um, what is their perspective of a healthy church? Um, what is the idea of what a church looks like? Is it 5,000 people in the auditorium, the best lighting, the best um, ear-tickling preaching, the best preachers with sneakers situation? Um, Or is it a big Bible study on a Sunday morning where we just go through scripture what is your idea of church versus what scripture says about the church? Um, Just have to read Acts and read, you know, towards the end of all that stuff. Like there's descriptions of what the early church did. Um, So I would question first and foremost, what is their idea of church? What is your idea of church? And so to say that, you won't take advice from someone who hasn't built a church. It's kind of, to me, sounds stupid because we all have access to the Bible and it perfectly describes what the church is and should be. Um, And I think there's got to be, like you said earlier, a, a bit of humility and understanding that the church is not about you. It's actually about what God's trying to do through you in the local community and where he's planted you, where he's placed you. Um, And to a certain degree, I can understand there's the the element of a business of church uh, that has become where, yes, there's certain certain churches that do it really well. Um, You know, think of Hillsong, Elevation, um, not because they're super bad or whatever. They just know how to do it well and striving for excellence. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Striving for excellence is great in everything. Like, you know, like that's what scripture says, like to do your best, like as unto serving the Lord. And so if you're great at doing accounting for a church and you're making sure we have finances all the time, every year, awesome. Great. Yeah. But all those things, that make that church amazing, like Hillsong or Elevation or whatever, um, just from an outsider looking in. I don't know, but it seems like everyone is actually has the idea of what a church is, which is serving each other, which is actually doing something unto the Lord rather than, you know, to yourself. And to that statement there'll be a lot of questions and wonderings like well what about all like those preachers and people who have failed and whatever 
and come back to that original statement. The truth is the truth. Like, um, man is going to fail. If you put your trust in man, it's going to fail. But it's actually about your relationship with God. So Hillsong is a great conduit for you to experience worship and intimacy with God or good teaching. Um, Hillsong is not God. Hillsong is not God. Yeah. I think it's just, you've got to be very careful about what your idea of a church is. And also, what's your idea of what marriage is? Is it biblically-based or is it culture-based? So I think not taking advice, uh, marriage advice or church advice from someone who's never built a healthy one, there's definitely an element of truth because you want to have mentors. You need community to grow. So you need healthy people around you. Yeah, you want to have... People who have been on the journey longer than you speak into your marriage, who know like, oi, look, mate, I stuffed up in that area. Just stop right now. Or like, this is what you should do. And, you know, take advice from people who have done great leaps and strengths in building churches that have actually served the community, like you guys, Grace Life. Um, and just doing things where it's actually bringing in the kingdom rather than building your own kingdom. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, I would, like you were saying, I think it's, there's definitely two ways to approach that. And I think the first one, as we've been talking about for, for a while now, is comes back to actually examining your own opinion or your own perspective, yeah. what a marriage is and a church is. Yeah. Um, and then from that will inform the advice you take in, it'll inform the advice you leave out, uh, and it'll inform your, hopefully, your healthy opinion yeah, of absolutely. how to grow personally yeah. and as a church and all that stuff. So that's kind of yeah. my perspective. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think we have, um, if I'm getting this correct, I think we... Uh, what you're talking about is that those who are offering advice about how church should be, they definitely should check their expectations of what they are expecting that space to be and to hold for them. Um, Because uh, while we have, um, and hopefully most Christians are reading the Bible, um, Mm. You know, and and placing every single one of these expectations before God. Um, and so while we have the scriptures that let us know and give us an idea of how the early church um, approached different scenarios in a healthy or unhealthy way, uh, we formulate certain opinions with regards to that. And it does, but we do need space to go okay, this is my opinion, but I'm holding it humbly. Um, Mm. As well as, you know, for the pastors, the the married couple to be looking to people who are in a healthier marriage or are running, um, leading a healthy community of believers um, and be seeking advice from that um, because there is health in that. Um, I think that the part for me where it strikes a little bit of a, of a, um, 
of a, we're not seeing the full picture here um, has to do with, and I think I probably have held this opinion ever since I was single. Um, I remember having a few little debates with people <laughs> and with my own personal, within my own personal community about this, but this whole idea, um, which is, I think, I think it seems a little bit more progressive in its nature. Um, like today, it seems we generally want to break down the ways of thought that have been there for a little while, established for a little while, that have helped us to be able to grow and be able to have the opinions that we have today and the ways of thinking that we yeah. have today. We want to break that down. There's a lot of deconstruction happening. Um, <laughs> but I think the other part of it um, has to do with if, if, if you're not in it, and your opinion is not valid. There seems to be a, a, a little bit of that, and that's not to do with this post at all, but it's more to do with the who we will who we will allow to speak into the atmosphere of our soul with regards to what we're going to we're going through um, what we're thinking and pondering. And so if you're not married, I'm not actually even talking to you about marriage advice if you don't have a kid i'm not talking to you about um having you know what it's like to be a parent if you're not um single i'm not even talking to you about what it might be like to be single <laughs> you know like if you're not a teenager i'm not talking and so we um these echo chambers start to form where we only listen to people that are like us think like us and it can create a little division which is what i'm i think i'm coming at and i think you know, there, there's so many examples, and this is where we, you can get really nitty-gritty about all the stuff that's on the list. But um, the reason why I will generally push back against this kind of thinking has to do more with the reality that it actually really, at its core, it disqualifies Jesus being able to speak into any space in our life that he himself did not go through experientially, right? Mm. So um, Jesus did not have children of his own that he bore. Therefore, he cannot mm. speak to me as a parent. Same with Paul, mm. same with um, any of the other disciples that, that were single for the rest of their life. Jesus mm. cannot talk to me about being married because Jesus was never married. So what opinion can he hold? And... I, I hold Jesus' opinion as the ultimate authority um, mm. above above my own, and I'm hopefully um, being transformed to to be to be like him um, every single day. Because um, what's interesting with Jesus is, for quite a number of things, he actually refers people refers people back to the scripture, especially with temptation with the devil. It's like it is written. <laughs> um, so there's a point to be made of that, but. Um, mm -hmm. for him to be the ultimate authority of my life. I know Pastor Dave, what up, Dave? Yeah, it was pretty much Dave, all things. I remember one of the things yeah. that he said is that um, to be a Christian is to live as if Jesus is king. And for us, mm -hmm. we have a general, generally democratic view of our relationship with Jesus. Whereas that's not how you relate to a king. Um, mm. So in that, I, I kind of, 
I kind of push back. Um, that's another, you know, sad side point of the story. But um, I kind of push back because I don't really think Jesus gives us any room within which his voice is not allowed to come in and to, um, and to advise and to guide and to lead us. You know, he tells Peter, who's just fished all night, has been fishing for um, most of his life, go back in the water and go back fishing. It's like, well, Jesus, you're not a fisherman. You're probably brought up as a carpenter. Um, what do you know about fishing that I don't know in all my years of experience that you can tell me go back and fish again after I've been fishing all night? Um, mm. It's a classic Jesus has never had a child, has never been pregnant, therefore he can't speak into my situation. Um, mm. he, he, he doesn't know what it's like, but the problem I think um, that we encounter when we have that is that we actually then reduce Jesus to to an extent, not the full extent, to um, the word that was used is um, he's just a source of knowledge, not an authority on the matter. Mm. Wow. So, no, I mean, there are intricacies within which, obviously, we have a panel of experts and, and a panel of people who have who have pretty much laid down their lives to, for lack of a better word, to research these areas. So we have medical experts, we have neurosurgeons, we have the people that are, you know, um, even Moses, for example, even Moses received organizational advice on how to lead a million plus people from a guy who I'm assuming didn't necessarily follow God, uh, wasn't part of his crew, didn't know how you know, his father Jethro, right? He didn't, his father Jethro didn't know how to lead a million people. And yet here he is giving Moses advice about how to break it down so that he can manage all of the, mm. that, that, that large amount of people. So opinion can mm. come and great advice can come from the most unlikely sources. And it's generally not the people that look like you. This is how God was able to use Daniel in Babylon um, Moses, uh, I mean, Joseph in Egypt to bring about a point of view and a perspective that actually says, mm. hey, Pharaoh, here's what your dreams mean, um, mm. save a whole nation. So I don't want to discount that God would speak through a six-year-old that I happen to know from church or like a 66-year-old or 76-year-old that, that I happen to know. Uh, mm. Because all I'm doing is I'm, I'm limiting the ways in which God can actually speak to me and how my character and person can be formed if I go that route. And mm. I get it. Proverbs say um, that we should surround ourselves with wise counsel. That's the bin. The guys are picking up a bin. Uh, we should surround ourselves with wise counsel. But uh, that, that wise counsel isn't limited only to those who have the same experience as us. So mm. that wasn't a rant. That was a TED talk. Um, <laughs> that was good, bro. So that was awesome. Though. I like that. That's where I push back. And, you know, I think as much as possible, let's give grace to one another that people who are writing these blogs and things like that also want the best for the world that we're in. But, you know, as a person who has written a blog, 
or podcasts or whatever. Um, I need to have the humility to not go, my opinion is right. Um, because mm-hmm. nobody's going to care anyway in like three, four, five years. So I need to, like you said, listen more <laughs> um, and also be open to hear great advice from very unlikely sources. Any mm-hmm. final thoughts? I'm just going to be cut off. Yeah, I think <clears throat> this is the first thing that comes to mind, I think, is definitely just whenever you're talking, whenever you're having discussions, opinions about things, if you're hearing the same thing come back to you and you're feeling good about yourself, just make sure you're not in an echo chamber. Uh, if it makes you feel good, then it's just your truth. It's not the truth. <laughs> Do whatever makes you feel good. <laughs> no, that's not what you're saying. That's not what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I think, like you were saying, humility and being teachable. Being, being humble and being teachable. Yeah. Because, you know, scripture says, like, if we don't cry out, the rocks will cry out. Like, creation speaks to us. A six-year-old can speak to you. A donkey spoke to a guy. Yeah. Uh, the kids, you know, lunch on the seven on the mount. Like, mm. all those things, what they had in common, I would say, is that they were all available. Mm. I think... If you're too, it's about me or it's about building my kingdom. Um, that, you know, that Mark says, quote about the king, kingdom without the king. Without the king, yeah. Um, if you're trying to build your own foundation, it's like the, yeah, it's like building it on sand. It's going to fall. Um, but I think having a foundation of truth, you know, of the gospel, of, you know, the death and resurrection of Jesus and knowing that the greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart, all your soul, and the second is equally the same. I think set those good foundation and have a humility about learning and being teachable. Yeah. Which, you know, it's like, oh, it sounds so hard. No, it actually isn't. Just... Yeah. Spend more time in the word and prayer. Like, I need to take my own advice. Um, so seriously, got to spend more time in the word, pray. Um, and just really, really just realize it's just not about you. Get over yourself. Like, die to yourself, as Jesus would say. Yeah. Unless the kind of way dies, the kind of rise and have life. There's <laughs> about 50 seconds remaining. Um, mm. That's a good place to end it. Um, to die to ourselves, as Jesus says. And, um, mm. yeah, been appreciative of the wisdom. Um, and yeah. You too, bro. I like this format. I like this format. It's a little bit different, but... So, yeah, a little different. I like it. Yeah. So, if you have any questions or anything like that, we'll... Uh, we'll Email your complaints to John Luke. And cancel Nathan. 
That's my one goal. No, I'm kidding. Oh <laughs> uh, my gosh. Yeah, no complaints. If you have a complaint, I will take your opinion in. I may not write back. Uh, but yeah. All right, thanks for your time, Nate. It's been fun. Thanks. Have a good day. Peace out. You too. We're going to see a Marvel movie. <laughs> oh, 